1: Good morning, everyone. It's Britt here from the podcast Rebels team. And I'm so excited to have someone incredible coming on my show again, once again, today, the guest I'm bringing on Wesleyan Whittaker. You guys, she has so much under her belt and so much incredible value to add for myself and all you listeners. So I cannot wait to, you know, get you guys to know her and what she's up to. She's the founder of Transform Sales and the host of Transform Sales podcast. So welcome to the show, Wesley. How's it going?
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing fantastic
1: amazing. Well, I'm so glad that you were able to make it on today. Um, and I'm super excited to dive in some of our hot topics that are going to be super relatable to those listening, uh, and helping, you know, what we're, we're about to talk about is going to really help them grow. So Wesleyan, before we dive into that, would you mind taking us back to, you know, how you got to where you are today? Cause I know you're doing some amazing things and working with, with some incredible people now. Um, Let's just take it back a few steps and talk a little bit about the journey along the way.
2: So I am a recovering chemist. I always like to start there. And I started my career working in a lab, really figuring out why things break. And I got to a point where I said, hmm, I want a little bit more human interaction. So I found myself in sales. And I tell people when I got into sales, I finally figured out what I wanted to be when I grew up because I loved everything about it. And that love and passion desire, I made a really fast ascent from individual contributor to international sales manager. And as an international sales manager in the first six months I kind of like fell flat on my face Um, people were leaving we weren't hitting our numbers I was like what's going on I was great why aren't you all great and I realized that the onus was on me as a leader to develop myself and then develop my team and so that's what we do at transform sales we have a very leadership centric approach to sales training and development
1: I love this and you know you have done so much growing on your own and now you're able to teach it. I mean, you're incredible at what you do. I mean, you've, you've been a sales manager managing multi-million dollar teams. Now, I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of pressure doing that. And like you said, there are some people not at their A game. So tell me how that, how you went about changing that and Where, what, what was the point where you were like, I need to have, this is, this is a problem and I want to help people change this and help them develop.
2: So within my last position, when I was in the corporate realm, as I said, when I first started, I was, it wasn't, we weren't hitting our numbers. And so I really figured out how to coach each person to their highest potential and how to get everybody on the team to actually hit their quotas every single month, month after month after month. And people before were leaving the team and that now people were like, hey, Wesleyan, do you have an opening? Hey, Wesleyan, I want to work for you. And so I took that model and I implemented throughout organizations um, within the world because it's a key thing. No one teaches you how to be a manager. They just say, hey, okay, you're really good at this position. Now go do that for every else, but they don't give you a roadmap. They don't tell you what to do. And that's a really big gap that's missing within organizations, whether you're a hundred thousand dollar organization or a hundred million dollar organization, how do you actually become a manager and how do you drive sales and how do you get people to trust you and want to be a part of your organization?
1: Incredible. Thank you for sharing that, um, Wesleyan. So talking about, you know, Another thing with the whole sales thing is I know that one thing you're really good at is self-awareness and emotional intelligence in sales. So is that one of the number one things that you do teach these teams, starting with the leader and then trickling down to the team's?
2: Absolutely, because so that emotional intelligence, a lot of times it's it's a word, it's a phrase that has been thrown around for, you know, the past few decades, but really when it boils down to emotional intelligence is understanding something and someone outside of yourself. So how can I be aware? How can I understand what somebody is going through, although I may not have gone through it? And how can I take that understanding to help them develop? How can I even translate that to a customer standpoint? And as a salesperson say, I've never been in your spot, but I understand where you are and where you're going. And so I want to help you on this journey. So when you get that leader and then you get the salesperson and then they translate that out into the external world, that is really what starts driving the revenue. So starting there
1: is key. Amazing. So starting with the sales leadership is the number one thing, and then it'll trickle down. So how do you go about coaching this sales leadership like the people at the top of the sales team. Tell me a little bit about how you deliver that um, deliver this coaching and everything and how it delegates down to the team.
2: So one of the key things that I um, look for when I'm working with organizations is the propensity to change. And so they're mm-hmm. like, well, th- what does that even mean? And I'm like, do you want to get better? <laughs> like that is the first thing that they have to realize because when I'm working with these sales leaders and it's typically a, either you know a small cohort within an organization or you know lots of sales leaders around from different companies, we do really hard work. Um, I challenge you on the way that you think about things. I challenge you on where those beliefs came from. I challenge you on why you're not doing better, why you're not pushing more. Why are you making excuses? And so when that sales leader starts changing the way that they think about themselves and they think about leading, it's um, 10x, 20x return rather than just focusing on, okay, let's write better emails. But why are we writing better emails? Why are those emails so bad in the first place, right? So I go to the root cause and really focus on the sales leader because they are the nucleus of any organization.
1: Incredible. Now, within an organization, I mean, it's really important to go ahead and, you know, grow and delegate and outsource so Tell me your thoughts in regards to doing that as a team. We oftentimes see so many people come and go as we're growing. And what is the best strategy that makes it actually effective while growing?
2: As a, whether you're a um, small business owner or you're uh, within an organization, we know how to do things really well, right? A lot of times we open our business because we're really good at this one thing. I'm really, I'm a really good accountant. I'm a really good trainer. I'm a really good this. I'm really good that. And so we feel like we have to do everything. And so when we bring people on, we get to that point where we're like, okay. I'm working 70 or 80 hours a week. It's time for me to grow this team or it's time for me to add another layer of management. And what we don't do really well is we see the need to add to the team, but we don't invest in them. We don't realize that the ramp up time for a new team member is not just 30 days. Sometimes it's not just 60 days. When you have a new salesperson that you're bringing on the team, or even if you're a business owner and you want to bring a sales manager in, I always use this little formula and it's your sales cycle plus 30 days. That is the ramp up time. So if it typically takes you from the time you have an inbound lead or the time that you're out prospecting to the time that you get a signed proposal in order six months, it is going to take someone seven months before they're even able to go out there and start prospecting themselves. So as a business owner, you have to make sure you can invest in that person because it is an investment to bring somebody onto your team.
1: A hundred percent. And so many people will just be like, okay, this is not working. Let's bring someone else in. But a lot of the, the same problems or different problems will still occur if you're not investing in any of them.
2: Yes. And that goes back to the onus is on you. If you don't Mm -hmm. have the bandwidth and the time to train and develop and onboard that person, then you need to find an external company, programs that can get them to where they need to go. But you still have to realize, yeah, it's easier for you to just do it yourself. It's easy for you to just, when somebody asks you a question, to just do it yourself. But it takes double the time to teach but you teach once and then you're done. You don't have to keep teaching and keep teaching and keep teaching. So remember when you're training or you're onboarding a new employee, you're making an investment into that future person. And there are things within my organization that I used to do all the time. And now people ask me, I'm like, I don't know how to do that. You need to ask this person because I haven't touched it in six or nine months because once you delegate, teach and train the next person and then that's how the cycle of learning is continuous.
1: Absolutely. And I think so many entrepreneurs out there are just so used to doing it all on their own, but how are you supposed to grow that way? If you're able to duplicate it and take that whatever it is off your plate and have someone else do it, your team is, I mean, your revenue and your profit's going to grow so much faster and you're able to actually just focus on more leadership role things, CEO things, right?
2: Absolutely. You should focus on Working on the business, not in the business. Not in the
1: business.
2: You can't, I do believe that it is important to know how to do everything within your organization. So for me, I am a big person on LinkedIn. However, this year I said, you know, my goal is to get better on Instagram. So I took that as my goal. And initially I was like, oh, I'm just going to delegate this out to somebody. I'll let them do this. But I was like, I'm not liking the results I'm seeing. So I needed to learn how to get on there and create my own little reels and engage and do all those things. And I'm like, this is what engagement looks like. So when I delegate that out, I know what good looks like. So right. I know if you're, I can tell that you're giving me excuses or you're not doing what you need to do because I in my limited capacity can do better than you. Right. And so that's why you need to understand Understand how to read your financials. You don't have to do them, but know if you see a leaky wheel or something isn't adding up, you might have a problem within that part of your organization. So understand those things, but don't do them. You don't have to physically touch everything every day.
1: Absolutely. Totally agree with you. Now, I was going to ask you before we, do, um, and I completely forgot because I got really excited about the topics, but with you, I know you work with sales leaders, and their teams now do you have a specific sales leader that you work with um what is the exact avatar that you work with today
2: um so i would say my avatar my ideal client profile is i work with organizations that have um what i say a complex sale so a complex sale is a long sales cycle so something that takes more than 30 days to close or it requires multiple decision makers. So you don't just talk to one person and get a close. You have to talk to three or four people within the organization. So really drilling down deep into those types of um, sales cycles.
1: Amazing. So, and what is your client acquisition process like when you do this?
2: Um. So do you mean how do I acquire clients or how am I mm-hmm. getting them? How, how
1: do you attract them? Tell us a little bit about that process. How do you go about attracting this right ideal client?
2: Um, So a lot of what I do is I talk about, I call it the three pillars of prospecting. And so I believe that you should be involved in all three at all times. And so there's networking. So, that's meeting people who are within the industry, people who are talking to your clients, but may not offer that service. Um, I, then there's educating. So, that is doing things like this being on podcasts, doing lunch and learns, doing webinars, seminars, um, really building that thought leadership. And that also is a part of what I do on LinkedIn is really sharing my voice as well as educating, right? Um, and then that last one is what I call direct methods. So, that's cold outreach, that's um, connecting with people directly um whether it's in person or online but all three of those things are what really makes the the top of the funnel full and it gets you to where you need to go
1: absolutely yes um the three pillars i love that so a little bit of everything gets you to where you need to go um so this is great so let's talk a little bit about you know transforming uh transformed sales podcast that you have i know you're the host of that and um it is incredible. I checked it out. Now, I know that you you get a lot of guests on that are in sales and leadership. Now, tell me a little bit about how you get these guests on your show, how you attract them. Um, let's talk about that.
2: So most of the guests, because the Power Podcast has been around for about two and a half years, and a lot of people are they want to be on the show. (laughs) So we get a lot of people who say, yes, I want to be on the show. When I talk to interesting people, I'm like, would you like to be on my podcast? I I spoke to a a national sales um, director yesterday, and I was like, you would be a really good guest for the podcast. Would you be interested? And she was like, absolutely. So I'm really looking for people that are focused on um, their journey, right? So those that have gone from individual contributor to um, VP of sales, to entrepreneurs, to business owners, really sharing those struggles, those real life things with people.
1: I love it. Yes. And it, I mean, it, if you can be real and raw about it, that's, what's going to relate to your listeners the most, right? Because oftentimes we see those who are with all the wins and everything like that, but they end the success, but what's really important is, you know, the, in, in between the struggles and challenges, cause that's, what's real. And that's what's relatable and that's what actually happens. Right. Absolutely. So absolutely. I wanted to make sure um, before we jump off here, I know our episodes are really short, but you know, I know that you probably have a ton of actionable tips um, that we did actually discuss a lot of them, but if you have any other ones in regards to helping, you know, implement a system that works in sales to scale businesses to that next level, if you were open to sharing any of that with my audience, I think this would be a great time.
2: Um, So I like to use this. This is my chemist brain. So it's called people plus process equals profit. So what that means is you get the right people on the bus. So the onus is on you to identify who are the right people um, for my organization in um, in these positions. And then you have to have a process. And that process needs to be not dependent on people. It needs to be a process that you can hand a new person on day one and they're like, okay, So first I do this, then I do this. If this doesn't work, I do this. So really as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, your job is to get all of the things in your brain, all that tribal knowledge out on a Word doc in some kind of process flow so that you can get things off of you. And once you have the right people on the bus and you have processes that they can follow, that's what really leads to profitability long-term.
1: I love this, yeah. Having those processes in paper and written so you can duplicate it. And then long-term, you don't have to, you know, you, you don't ever have to look at it again, but you know how to do it, but there's other people taking care of it. That's how you're going to grow. So that's incredible. Thanks for sharing that. Now, one other question before we jump off here is what is, what is your biggest focus and desire within the business and within the podcast for the next six months um, from now?
2: Um, business. So what is the focus? Um, I think right now we're at a space where we're, um, in a, we've identified really who, who we like to work with and how we like to work with them. And, um, so we're just in this growth mode, I think. Yeah. I think we're just in growth mode, uh, doing what we do. Yeah. Doing what we do the the way that we enjoy it.
1: You actually mentioned, you know, you've, you figured out who you want to work with and, you know, why is it so important to get crystal clear on as, as to who you want to work with and who you want to attract? Um, If you have any insight on that, I think that's really important to share as well. So it's, I,
2: say, if you speak to everyone, you speak to no one. Um, so I'm laser focused on sales and sales leaders and sales teams within these organizations. I could do the same thing for operations teams and HR teams, but I choose not to because that's not my passion. And so I am really laser focused on the the audience that I'm speaking to because I want to be the big fish in a small pond. I don't want to be in a pond with the other bunch of people that are shifting around.
1: Right, right. Yeah, it's so important to get crystal clear. And I mean, that's where the passion is going to come from, right? If you're working with people you want to work with, um, it also will allow your business to grow much faster, I believe, once you can attract that um, true avatar, um, your ideal clients. So 100%. Whistling, this has been amazing. And I just want to give you the last minute to maybe talk about anything that you have coming up or your offers and with my audience today and then the best way to go ahead and connect with you if there's anyone in the audience who's looking to work with you or connect with you on any level
2: um the best way to connect with me is on linkedin and let me know that you heard me on the podcast um on my linkedin profile there is a link and it says resources for sales and so there's lots of stuff in there everything from how to set your day up questions to ask in discovery um so that is the best way to get in contact with me
1: Amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to share such incredible value with my listeners and myself today, and Thank you so much. Thank you group. If you're listening and enjoyed, please like, and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur or higher and want to come on just like Wesleyan did today to talk about, you know, what you do, talk about in depth, um, some of the wins and the challenges along the way of your entrepreneurial journey, please go to top100interview.com. I'd love to have you on as well. Thanks guys. Thank you so much, Wesleyan. Catch you on the next.